publishers and the producers of content is, is falling apart. Let me finally get some quick thoughts from you on the big stock sell-off that we saw overnight in, uh, in New York. Do you think this is a, is a healthy correction or is it the beginning of something bigger here? No, I think it's a washout. Uh, we've been watching this uh, this week on the on the volatility uh, in in options markets and volatility on the VIX. Um, it's up 31 percent for the week, but it wasn't just overnight. It was a big move overnight, but it's been brewing. The equity market had been rallying, even though volatility was rising, which indicated that things had got a little out of hand. And then what happened is that uh, effectively those uh, who were the hot money started to to take some profit. And given the overzealous nature of the buying in the last month. Um, it accelerated really quickly. So at this stage, it looks like a washout uh, because there was nothing really significant on the data side that, uh, that triggered it. So uh, we'll watch it closely, um, but probably at this point in time, a good washout. Okay, Toby, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at Society General Australia. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And let's see how those markets are performing down in Australia. First of all, the ASX 200 is off around 2.4%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan has fallen one and a quarter percent in with a half an hour gone of trading. Over in South Korea, the Cosby is down 2%. Uh, futures markets indicating that the Hang Seng is going to lose about 1.2% or 300 points or so uh, at the open. In the commodities markets, gold is rallying this morning. It's $1,933 an ounce. Uh, but Brent crude oil falling further uh, after those drops in New York uh, yesterday and today. Uh, trading right now at $43.90 a barrel. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Andrew Work will be sitting in on Monday and Tuesday next week. I'll be back on Wednesday. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Back chat's coming up after the news on Radio 3 with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast. Sunny periods, isolated showers and thunderstorms. The visibility is relatively low and it's going to be very hot during the day. A maximum temperature of about 33 degrees. The very hot weather warning is in force. And the outlook is for it to remain hot with sunny intervals during the weekend and early next week. There will also be a few showers. Temperature right now out at the observatory is 30 degrees and it's 84% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Ben Che has the half-hour news. The head of infectious diseases at Hong Kong University's medical school says we need to complete a week of community-wide testing before we can draw real conclusions on the level of silent COVID-19 transmission in the community. Professor Ivan Hung was commenting on the results of the first 128,000 samples, which identified just two new cases. Mike Weeks asked him if this was much lower than expected finding of possibly asymptomatic cases should now lead to a swift relaxation of infection control measures no in fact we were talking about you know at least doing like four or five minutes uh, screening no no i understand uh, that but statistically a sample size of 128,000 people is very significant isn't it so it does give us a very good indication of the rate of science infection surely it's still a little bit low uh, if the population is seven million so you you actually need probably uh, at least completing the first round reaching about a million then you can estimate the number of asymptomatic cases out there. Then we can tell that, you know, it is definitely very clean and you can actually relax the uh, control, infection control measures. Out of six people uncovered, four were previous patients with low viral loads. 
The U.S. Democratic presidential challenger Joe Biden has met relatives of Jacob Blake, the black man whose shooting by Wisconsin police sparked days of unrest. He spoke to Mr. Blake himself by phone. Mr. Biden later accused Donald Trump of legitimizing the dark side of human nature. But I made a mistake about something. I thought you could defeat hate. Hate only hides. And when someone in authority breathes oxygen under that rock, it legitimizes those folks to come on out, come out front of the rocks. During his own visit to the city on Tuesday, President Trump praised police and visited businesses damaged during several nights of violence. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about the separation of powers in Hong Kong. The Education Secretary, Kevin Young, said on Monday that Hong Kong does not have separation of powers and it would be wrong for school textbooks to suggest that it does. His comments follow controversy over recent changes made to liberal studies textbooks. And the Chief Executive defended the Education Minister's comments, saying that society has a wrong understanding of the basic law. So is separation of powers real in Hong Kong? The Chief Justices assert it. Beijing denies it. What's going on? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us with your comments, bankchat at rthk.hk. Or you can call us, and our telephone number is 233-88266, 233-88266. Joining us for the first part of the discussion uh, now, before 9 o'clock, we're joined by Regina, Executive Councillor, and also uh, New People's Party Chairwoman. Uh, we spoke to her a couple of weeks ago on this very topic. Uh, Ms. Yip, good morning to you, and thank you for joining us once again. Good morning, Daniel. Uh, also, I should ex- yes, we should mention that uh, Danny, uh, the co-host today, uh, is, uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, also is writing a, a PhD thesis on this very uh, topic. What's the title of it, Danny? Uh, uh, the title is the last thing that comes when you finish the oh, okay, right. half, halfway through the chapter on something, the legislature. Something the sexy, right? So, is it? There's an editorial, for example, today in, in, the, uh, in the Hong Kong Standard basically saying that this, is, this discussion, this row which has blown up this week is, is much ado about nothing. Uh, I, I guess and the point would be that we have this system. What you call it uh, is kind of secondary and it's not really the main point whether you, you label it as separation of powers uh, or not. It, it is what it is. Um, so why has this become such a hot button issue. Why has the chief executive and yourself uh, and others spoken, to be honest, quite so passionately uh, on this topic? What's the big deal? Well, from my own experience of um, working in the Hong Kong government before 1997 and studied political science, I know for sure separation of powers, as in John Locke, John Calvin, Montesco, never existed in Hong Kong. It says the government's final Formal denial of this um, has uh, aroused a big controversy, you know, because in effect, what the government is finally doing is dismantling a political fiction, which has taken roots in Hong Kong for a long time, because a lot of uh, school textbooks going back a long time talk about it. Uh, judges refer to this concept, but um, it, it didn't exist in Hong Kong before 1997. Uh, until 1995, the, the governor chaired the, the Legislative Council, 
the the Lechko had a majority of official and appointed members. Um, my old boss David Eggerson explained to me, in the old days, you know, the governor had all the power. Uh, after the decision was taken by Exco, the minutes in red would say, the council advised and the governor ordered. He said that's the source of executive-led government. You know. Unfortunately, um, you know, you know the, the constitutional system in the basic law drafted in the, uh, in the 80s was based largely based on the system existing at that time. That's a principle of 50 years, no change. Well, you know? wouldn't you say the system under the basic law also has elements of the American system? Well, well, there are elements of checks and balances. All well, fine and good, that's fine. You know, to say that separation of powers in the pure sense does not exist in Hong Kong doesn't mean that we don't have checks and balances. We do have checks and balances, and that's a good thing. Okay, and okay, it I think a lot of people independence yeah. of the judiciary. Okay, a lot of people will say, "Well, hang on, we've got these separate branches, and they're, they're you know, that, that's how they're classified in the basic law, uh, uh, you know, and they have they, they operate in some ways independently, and they they check and balance each other, and there are m- many many examples of of how they do this." That's separation of powers. That's what separation that's of powers separation is. That's not separation of powers. That's not separation of well, powers. That's, well, that's what most... In a pure sense. Well, why, you know, why, why in a pure sense? I mean, it's like saying that's not socialism or that's not capitalism. I mean, you can talk about it, but it's still a... You know, you could say this is more one thing than another. And in, everywhere around the world, they have different arrangements. So Checks and balances are, are different from uh, separation of powers. Aren't they part uh, of separation of powers? You can't really think of any government where the powers of the three branches are totally, completely separate in a clear-cut so, way. So you're saying separation of powers doesn't exist? That's an academic concept. Yeah, sure. That's an academic concept. Sure, so exactly. That's not how it really works in real life. So, are you so saying, you're saying it doesn't exist anywhere at all? It doesn't exist in the U.S.? Well, it's in the Constitution, but... It's actually not, it's not in the Constitution. Sorry, Redeeter, it's not written in the Constitution in the US, just like it's not written in the wording of the basic law. Both in Hong Kong and the US, people infer it from what's written in the constitutional documents. Well, the US tried uh, its best to implement it, but even, uh, even then, the powers are not separated because the Supreme Court could change laws, just as our courts could change laws. So you're saying it doesn't... I'll, I'll change it, it, the statutory laws from time to time. You're saying it doesn't exist anywhere? Uh, in the pure academic form. You it, can... Well, in, the maybe sense, in, the only se- in the only sense that you will allow, but, it doesn't exist anywhere. That's not what we argue about in Hong Kong. We're arguing about whether it exists in some form or other in Hong Kong. Well, I, I totally agree. We have checks and balances and we have judicial independence. And that's a good thing. But it's wrong to say that we have a complete and clear-cut separation of power. Oh, hang on, that's no slightly one, different. And no one, is re- but no one's saying that. Today. Is anyone yeah. saying that? It's well, di- the Bar Association is in, uh, seems to be saying that. I doubt, know, we'll, um, we'll ask Philip Dykes after nine o'clock, but I doubt very much. I mean, it's, it's obviously clear that there are some parts which are not separated under the Hong Kong system. I doubt very much the Bar would say it's a complete system of separation of powers. When you came on the show before, you didn't refer to a complete system of separation of powers. You attacked the idea generally that there is separation of powers on, under, the Hong Kong basi- under Hong Kong basic law. And when Kerry Lam and the others have spoken about this, they haven't used that qualification. They haven't said there's no complete system. Because there is no complete system there in was, the world. The Hong Kong system was not intended to have a, sep- a separation of powers in the sense that um, 
um, nobody is responsible to the chief executive, who is uh, in turn responsible to the central authority. What I'm sure is before 1997, there was definitely no separation of powers because all powers were accumulated in the, in the governor. And when Chris Patton came, he worked very hard to separate the executive branch from the legislative branch, you know. And then he also subjected the judiciary to legislative scrutiny for its use of resources, efficiency, effectiveness, value for money. You, you know? you, you, so the checks and balances are there, but it doesn't mean that we have a complete separation of power. But, we can talk about uh, yeah. checks and balances without confusing, conflating the concept of separation. But you're, of you're, you're saying that the whole concept of a separation of powers is is a is a fiction, is a imaginary. It's invented by certain people, and but it's never More existed in reality. I think the I think it has been a political, particular in some quarters. It is a political fiction uh, spun by people obsessed with curbing Beijing's power. That's oh, the okay. real objective. That's oh. the real objective. Everything the Bar Association writes has to but do hang with on. That. Separation the of powers. ultimate objective is to curb Beijing's no, power. No, separation of powers is often used by the courts to reject um, court cases brought by the likes of Lung Kwok Hung. If, in fact, if you look at recent yes. separation of powers, court cases, uh, court cases in recent years, a very high proportion of them are dismissing applications from members of the pan-democratic camp to try, as you'll be aware of this as a legislator, to try and judicially review decisions of the president of LegCo. Yes. So separation of powers is not being used there at all against Beijing. It's been used to dismiss applications by not members of the pan-democratic camp. I'm not talking about judges. I'm not talking about lawyers generally. I'm talking about Phil Dykes personally. He we'll, we'll exemplifies that o'clock. objective. Everything he does is intended to curb Beijing's power, okay. is to separate Hong Kong from Beijing. Now, I'm talking about judgments. I've read a lot of them. Certainly those concerning... Uh, the, the remit of uh, electrical president's actions. Yeah. Actually, uh, my, my own reading is the judges did not have to refer to separation of powers. Uh, well, that's not true. In they every, every case, to. there's so, saw, several... There's they so... didn't have to, to justify their, their judgment. I sent my paper to the CJ. Of course, he refused to pass it to the judges uh, for reference. You see, it's a, it's a rule of thumb of judicial review that judges don't substitute their judgment for the decision of any public authority, such as the alleged co-president. It's not for the judges to decide whether certain history questions are right and wrong, a certain uh, road extension is necessary. Their job is simply to decide on judicial review criteria, is, is whether there... there has been procedural irregularity, okay. when speed unreasonable, breach of natural justice and all that. They didn't have to refer to separation of powers. In so doing, I think they have created some confusion. Okay. Well, the impression I'm getting is you're saying that the subtext is that uh, this is an anti-Beijing move. But the, yes, sub, the subjects, in a lot of the textbooks okay, too. The subject of what you're saying is you're slapping down the judiciary because this is something that the uh, chief justices and many, many judges have referred to the separation of powers, very explicitly said there is a separation of powers. It's in woven into the fabric you're, of the basic law in some cases. You and I'm, the chief I'm executive are aiming this... Can, are can I finish my thought? Balance. Can I finish my thought? It's, uh, it sounds like you and the chief executive are aiming this very directly at the judiciary. You are slapping no. down the judiciary. No. Uh, it's not... Uh, slapping down is too strong a word. 
I was merely saying what word would from you the use? judgments I have what would read you like? that it is not uh, And the Chief Justices, are you slapping down the Chief Justices or what? I simply said that the Chief Justice declined to send my paper, to pass my paper uh, to members of the judiciary. That's is fine. This, is, yes. this, is the way that this has emerged as an issue now, is, so is my answer to the original question, is because uh, you are trying to rein in the judiciary? No, I passed my paper to him. It's free. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the decision to remove this from textbooks, remove it from, from websites, the statements by you, but also the statements from the chief executive. It, it's, it looks like a concerted effort to, to, uh, to slap down, as I say, or to put the judiciary in its place. Um, I did not slap down the judiciary. All I said is, in a lot of the judgments I have read, particularly those relating to the legislature, I don't think the judges needed to invoke separation of powers to justify their judgment. Well, I suggest you read some other judgments, like Yao Kong Man, where the uh, the actual whole decision is based around separation of powers, and uh, a number of people were freed, uh, freed as a result. But regardless of whether the, um, it was actually necessary in particular cases, um, the, judge, the fact is the judges did refer to that. Judges interpret our laws. Judges said the separation of powers is woven into the fabric of the basic law. You might disagree with that, but what is wrong with teaching Hong Kong school kids what judges in Hong Kong have said? We respect because the judiciary, they, don't we? Because they are not taught properly. They are taught in a very superficial and skewed way. So if a textbook used... If a textbook used, uh, used judgments from court cases are talking about separation of powers, would that be okay? That can't be skewed, that can be... Depends on how they use the, the judgments. I haven't seen many textbooks uh, which actually use judgments. For or, example, or quotes, if they or talk about from the TV... disobedience... Why they should cite Lord Hoffman's doctrine on civil disobedience, but that may be too difficult for secondary school students. The point would be that there's, that there's also all the speeches by chief justices, which have very explicitly and have for years talked about separation of, of powers. Uh, I think that can be discussed. Well, the, the, all these judges, they are excellent lawyers, no doubt. But I wonder how many of them have really studied political science. Well, I mean, that's not their job too, Stephen. far too many bendy about these concepts as though they knew what it was really about. I, I'm curious, Regina, on how many other issues have you written to the Chief Justice? Is it only on separation of powers well, or something you do regularly? I have uh, raised questions in LegCo, you know, uh, about management of the judiciary, to which I have not received any reply. So you don't think the judiciary is being properly managed at the moment? the number of judicial review. I think the Chief Justice, Andrew Lee, had said before that judicial review cases should be dealt with expeditiously. But we have seen many judicial case review cases which have dragged on and on. And it has put back, in just one example, public works for 10 years. Would you no widening project put back for five years because of prolonged, you know, the time taken to write a judgment on, or on a JR of a a road work would you Would you favour what they're talking about doing in Britain, which is passing a law restricting the scope of judicial review or restricting what they would call the scope of unmerited judicial reviews? I think that is worth studying. But you can imagine the outcry that people would say that you're undermining the rule of law by um, making... But if the UK can do it, why can't we take a look? Well, that's why I, I asked you about it. But, um, well, I have to be studying first. OK. And um, you, have you written to the judiciary on other issues? Well, um, when LegCo returns, I will raise a few issues. 
about the number of large number back the workload of the judiciary. Last year they have over three thousand eight hundred JR cases. Uh, in nineteen ninety seven, only about one hundred odd. The explosion of JR cases, the judiciary complained about the, the unmanageable workload. CJ said two years ago he would do he would do something about it. Maybe he would introduce some law. Nothing has been done. You know, maybe pressure from the bar because they prefer the business. And uh, more recently, the Dutch CJ said he would set up a task group to deal with a large number of uh, rendition law related cases pending in the courts. Again, we haven't heard anything. So it sounds you know? so it sounds to me like you think the judiciary is, is not being managed particularly well at the moment and needs an overhaul. Well, the first person who did that was uh, Chris Patton. It was Chris Patton who appointed a judiciary administrator after his arrival and set up the Administration of Justice and Legal Affairs Panel in Lechco in accordance with Westminster tradition. You keep going you back to the colonial, colonial era to, to sort of explain your stance on, on current issues. Well, the, 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 well, people, why do people keep talking about 50 years? No change. Our system is based on the colonial era. The judiciary administrator post has continued, and so has the administration of justice panel. I, I think some you people... Know, what's wrong with talking about the colonial era? Mm. So many of us are in love with that era, aren't they? I think some do you people... say, sorry, do you say so many of us? You, 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 so many of Hong Kong people. <laughs> okay. Hong Kong people. Okay, so I think some people would say uh, that uh, it sounds like you don't like some of the judgments given by uh, the courts, and so you're exercising pressure on the courts. And also this assertion of the of the executive authority uh, of Hong Kong, is it any coincidence that this comes at a time when it's at its weakest when the chief executive and her administration have never been so unpopular uh, in, um, in, in Hong Kong recent history. You're making, you're shouting louder and louder because your voice is getting weaker and weaker. Um, I'm not working on this subject with the chief executive. I have not discussed with her at okay, all. Okay, yes, but she's agreeing with you. I, she's made many of the same points and I, you're an executive counsellor. I wrote counselor, on this so. subject in my book back mm. in 2016. And I did some more research and I wrote to the electrical constitutional panel, copy to a whole lot of people uh, back in May before Edward Young, uh, before Kevin Young or Mrs. Lamb started talking about this subject. My thoughts are entirely my own. I work independently, not in cahoots with anybody. Okay, well, let's talk about your, your independent thoughts and what you've written, because you wrote in your, your thesis when you were at Stanford, you wrote that um, uh, the basic law should be amended to provide for a parliamentary system. Is that still a view you hold? I, I never said that. Uh, hang on, I'm looking at here. The basic law should be amended to provide for the implementation of the equivalent of a parliamentary system. Uh, Regina Ipsuk Yi, uh, Hong Kong, a case study in democratic development in traditional society. Do you still believe you... the basic law should be amended to provide for a parliamentary system? Um, I have more and more doubts about this because our democratic development uh, since 1907 has been a downward spiral. Also, just it now, it has not served Hong Kong yeah. well. When, when was that? Were Sorry, you reading that from my? Were I you reading, reading from, from my your, thesis? I'm reading from your thesis. I'm also curious. Just now, when I mentioned it, you, d you initially denied that you'd ever written that. But you must be aware of what you wrote in your thesis. It was um, a long time ago. It it's is outdated fairly in many respects. It is outdated. Is that why it's no longer available on the internet? It's never available. 
I'd, cer- uh, I'd certainly downloaded copies in the past from the Cervantes Institute website. It's, disappe- it's disappeared from oh, any website. It's a long actually. time ago. It's rather outdated. It is outdated. Okay, so that's the point. It is outdated. A scholar recently, a Harvard, a Harvard scholar asked me to pass him a release a copy to him. I declined, basically, because it's totally outdated. It's um, just an academic theory. It doesn't really work in real life. And it sounds like you think some of what you wrote at the time is basically wrong. Well, not wrong, but outdated. You said at the time that there should be a parliamentary system under the basic law. You you also refer in other parts to it about how the basic law is modelled in large parts on the American system. Uh, The basic law has incorporated many elements of the American system, checks and balances, definitely. Confirmation of judges by electrical... Um, a lot of these checks and balances, no, nothing wrong, you know, they're, they're all fine, you know, they're incorporated from the American system. Okay, uh, some uh, thoughts from listeners. John says, I heard somewhere you're going to discuss the various branches of the government were separated. If so, may I suggest you, uh, panel, why they think it a subject worth discussing? Reading the basic law again, it's absolutely clear. There is a clear and sophisticated separate separation of and balance between the organs of government established in Hong Kong by the central government. That is hardly surprising as the system of government in China is built on checks and balances to limit the scope for misbehaviour by government officials. Commercial companies also operate safely by separating power rather than concentrating it in the hands of one person. You can call these systems of internal control what you like, but separation of powers is not a bad choice. Wikipedia has 23 pages of discussion about separation of powers in government systems. Reading through, one is struck by the vast range of government systems. Hong Kong's is clearly on the high end of formation separation. Parliamentary systems are not so separated, and the UK is described as a fusion system. That's from John. I think I've got a caller on the line now. Uh, is it uh, Andrew? Andrew, good yes. morning. Uh, yeah, hi, Andy. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Uh, right, this is it. Um, you've said that the separation of powers has all along been used to curb the power of Beijing, the central government. But I'd suggest to you that the whole purpose of the basic law is to curb the power of the central government. It was to give Hong Kong certain freedoms and autonomy and to prevent it just being like any other part of China, where the central government has sort of untrammeled dictatorial powers and can override basic freedoms. And I I wonder why you, the education secretary, the chief executive, are all saying virtually the same thing, you know, in the same week. Are you following instructions from the liaison office? And I I would suggest to you that you are just seeking to curb the power of the Hong Kong LegCo and the judiciary and to, you know, to make all parts of the Hong Kong government just follow the executive, which in turn is just following the instructions of the central government. OK. Can we, Mrs. M? Well, I have not talked to the liaison office about this subject, nor to the, the chief executive. Um, the, 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 our separate systems are very important, but that's predicated on our support for China's sovereignty, security, and developmental interests. If Hong Kong develops in such a way that we become an anti-China bastion, a hot spot for anti-China riots, as has happened last year, then the true system is in peril. Uh, Andy? Right. That's a reality. Okay, but anyway, it's, it's too much of a coincidence as to why everybody is talking about separation of powers at the same moment. 
And I think it, it, to it be can fair, be Regina came out. She actually came out before the chief executive on this. She was on back chat a couple of weeks ago about. All this. right, but Carrie Lamb wasn't uh, probably following Regina. It's lead. Can I mention something else? Two weeks ago, you said on this programme, you mentioned Walter Badgett, the English Constitution. Yes. 1867, right. But he spoke about the efficient parts of the Constitution and the dignified parts. And the, the dignified parts were just for show, like the monarchy and the House of Lords. And the efficient parts did the work, like the executive dominating the House of Commons. And I, I would suggest to you that you want to turn the whole of the Hong Kong Constitution into a dignified part, except for the chief executive and the, and the executive. You want to make the LegCo just for show. Okay. Mrs. Epp, you want to respond? Well, um, Walter Batchett in uh, the English Constitution, technically, page one said that one of the greatest misunderstandings about the English system is the separation of powers. There is no separation of powers because the legislature and executive are united in the cabinet. You know, in UK, all the ministers mm -hmm. are MPs, you know. But would you have said had... many other um, leading English constitutional scholars have said different things since then? Walter Badger was more than 100 years ago. More recently, you can look at judgments of the UK Supreme Court and so on, saying the opposite. Well, Bertrand Russell said the same thing as Walter Badger. But anyway, look at the facts. Look at the facts. The, the Lord Chancellor, one of whom had called me, he was a president of House of Lords, member of cabinet. So you're using and, the past. Uh, you're, you're using the, the past Duchess. tense there. It was. Until, That's no longer true. The no longer true. Uh, yeah, until the Constitutional Reform Act of 2005. So, you know, so <coughs> the U UK has a long history of powers concentrated in the uh, in the prime minister, you know, who controls the legislature. Mm. You know, okay. and uh, the Constitutional Reform Act of 2005, which. Uh, uh, broke down the, the functions of the, the uh, Lord, Lord Chancellor into three positions does not alter that. Okay. Well All right. Uh, sorry, we're, we're, we're out of time. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much indeed for your, for your call. Regina, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Executive Council and New People's Party uh, Chairwoman. Philip Dykes and Carol Peterson are going to be joining us after the news at nine. The weather, sunny periods, isolated showers and thunderstorms, visibility relatively low. Uh, very hot weather warning now, 30 degrees Celsius and a relative humidity now of 82%. Back in three minutes' time. <laughs> We're talking about the separation of powers. We were joined in the first part of the programme by Regina Yip, Executive Councillor and New People's Party uh, Chairwoman. Uh, we're joined now by Philip Dykes, as Chair of the Bar Association, and Carol Peterson, Professor of Law at the William S. Richardson School of Law and Graduate Chair at the Matsunaga Institute for Peace, uh, University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, uh, of course, we want to hear from you as well. You can email backchat at rthk.hk. Call us on 233 um, Quite a few uh, emails. It's a very kind of a meaty topic, um, so some of them are uh, a little bit longer, uh, but I think they're all, all of, uh, of interest. Uh, first of all, on, on, on uh, Facebook, TC says, for me, the tragedy is that since this controversy is caused by government officials' misstatements, it's consuming way too much oxygen. While I find the, the entertainment value of the debate to be high, I find the education value of it to be extremely low. It's a shame that Backchat needs to devote time to talk about this, says TC. But he did say that before the first part of the programme. Uh, 
Susan says, Regina is no more qualified to give an opinion on separation of powers than Carrie Lam or Michael Teen. It's not an abstract concept. It's simple. It means the three branches of government can't interfere with each other's work. This is a cornerstone of common law. Hong Kong law is common law. And Carrie repeatedly proclaims there is judicial independence in Hong Kong, so how can she say there is no separation of powers? Without separation of powers, the executive branch of government could interfere with the decisions of our courts, in which case there would be no judicial independence. You can't have it both ways. Uh, uh, Tom says, in a comparison of the Hong Kong government with Western standards, isn't it ironic that Trump has actually done less to hear the requests of the Back Lives Matters protesters than Carrie Lam has done with large-scale protests in Hong Kong? Carrie Lam did cancel the extradition bill, but Trump has done absolutely no action or initiative to listen to the protesters in the US. And Western democracies' leaders are under no obligation to do anything once they have been uh, elected. Uh, and... Uh, uh, N says, I wonder what's Regina's comment on the commitment given by our first CE, Tung Chi Wa, on the 1st of July that, quote, we will continue to ensure that the executive, legislative and judicial branches of the government will operate independently. Uh, this, did he say that? This statement was repeated by the then Secretary for Justice, Ms. Elsie Lung, in her speeches too. Is the government going back on its promise? By the way, we all know there is no requirement under the Constitution or anywhere that judges have to study public administration. That comes from N. I'll have to uh, Google that. <laughs> well, that was 20, that. 20 years ago. So, I mean, it, oh, more than 20 years ago, probably. I mean, Did he so say that? It's not impossible. We'll have yeah. to look. Um, an email from uh, Bowen entitled An End to the Controversy? Question uh, mark. Bowen says, Hughes wished to settle once and for all the debate as to whether separation of powers exists in Hong Kong or not is unlikely to be fulfilled. The following will give listeners a glimpse of why that is the case. The question was asked in the 1980s to 1990 when the basic law was drafted and promulgated with, among others, Professor Yashgai, Peter Wesley Smith and Johannes Chan Sainier and mainland official Ji Peng Fei and scholar Xiaoyun, sorry, not so much saying nay as describing the concept using different words. Professor Joseph Chan's research revealed that based the Basic Law Drafting Committee's subgroup on the political system agreed in principle on the separation of free powers as a model for the SAR's political system. From shortly before the handover to the mid-2000s, different accounts emerged, with Xiao Yun saying that the consensus reached by said subgroup had been the preservation of judicial independence and executive dominance, meaning an elevated status for the executive. Joseph Chan compared the writings of Xiao Yun, Wang Xu Wen and uh, Xu Shongde, they're all prominent mainland scholars, he compared their writings immediately after the promulgation of the basic law and at or immediately before the handover. He concluded there'd been a change in tone, which was probably due to the central government's opposition to Patton's political reforms and concerns over the pan-democrats' developments in Legco after 1997. Xiaoyun shot back, saying there'd be no change, and the purpose and original legislative intent in the drafting of the Basic Law had all along been to promote executive dominance. The debate went on in ensuing years with further contributions from Hong Kong U legal scholars. A Deputy Secretary General of the Standing Committee, National People's Congress Standing Committee, uh, I think that's the National People's Congress Standing Committee's Leisure Affairs Commission, Xiao Yun, and then President, uh, uh, Xi, Xi, uh, then President, uh, Vice President, sorry, uh, Xi Jinping, mainland and legal academics Hu, uh, Hu Jingguan and Xu Shihai pointed out in 2010 that both executive led 
and separation of powers were incomplete descriptions of the SAR's political system. A more appropriate description would be that of executive-led system based on the foundation of separation of powers. But Professor Lian Shisheng argued in the same year, the proper way to understand the difference between coordination, meaning cooperation, and regulation, meaning checks and balances as applied to the relationship with the executive and legislative branches, should be to stress coordination first and regulation second. Events since the Umbrella Movement must have provoked further debate, bringing about the present squabble. The arguments of the mainland authorities on the issue will continue to come from the angles of political expediency and domination over all three branches, that of the legal practitioners, and hopefully the academia of uh, the SAR will continue to stress the fundamental importance of the judiciary and separation of powers. Thank you very much, Barry. Uh, yes, uh, N, who uh, emailed earlier with that with that quote from uh, Tung Chi Wah. Um, yeah, you're, you're, sorry, you're, you're quite right. Yeah, I found the I found That's some the quick research. You uh, <laughs> thank you, Google. Uh, yeah, the speech given by uh, Tung Chi Wah on the first uh, of July in in 1997. Uh, uh, well, there's a lot of history being rewritten. I was being pointed out this week. Of course, there was material on the Education Bureau's website about separation of powers until very recently, which has just been yeah. removed. Yeah, I mean, he does. Uh, this is what Tung Chi Wa said: maintaining and developing the legal system and the rule of law in Hong Kong is immensely important. We will continue to ensure that the executive, legislative, and judicial branches of the government will operate independently. Full stop. We will keep up our efforts against corruption and maintain a clean society. It's fairly kind of unambiguous, I would have thought. Uh, Okay, Paul says, separation of powers is real within Hong Kong. Separation of powers between Beijing and Hong Kong is set out in the basic law, the extent of which is is subject to change since Beijing declared its policy to take comprehensive control over all branches of governance in Hong Kong. Obviously, the situation is dialectic and subject to change. What is in play is Hong Kong government's failure defending Hong Kong's unique situation and point of difference with the legal and government situation. A point of difference, which is the bedrock of Hong Kong's financial and social success. B says, just before the Backchat programme, an API was played. It mentioned the 30th anniversary of the basic law. What did it highlight? Judicial independence. Judicial independence is important in the idea of separation of powers. Why this push for the fact that there is no separation of powers in Hong Kong now? So let's ask Regina, what's the agenda? I hope we did that. I know one thing for a fact. Uh, she sends my blood pressure sky high. Uh, I think I'll switch on after nine when Philip Dykes comes on. Uh, Eve says, can you replay the public announcement? Uh, at 8.25 and get Regina's comments. This announcement has played for several years. Is it incorrect now? I think that's referring to the same one as, as uh, B. Maggie says, last time Regina was on the programme, she made the point the Chief Justice is not a political scientist and suggested his knowledge on the subject of separation of powers is therefore not relevant. I hope Regina realises she's not an educator. I hope she will leave issues of textbook content and curriculum development to teachers and professional educators. Uh, S says, thanks for the excellent arguments put forward by hosts today. John says, dear Hugh, why do you ask Regina to let... Why do you ask Regina to let you finish your thoughts when you cut her off so often? She may not have anything worth listening to, but surely you should extend her the same courtesy that you ask of her. That comes uh, from John. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for for, uh, all those comments. Uh, Let's just squeeze in a couple more before we get to to, uh, our guests. Uh, 
uh, Matthew says, uh, Regina, I'm curious to know if you take your free government COVID test yet. Thanks from Matthew. Okay, uh, as one of our listeners already trailed, in the second half of the show, we're joined by Philip Dykes, the chair of the Hong Kong Bar Association, and also Professor Carol Peterson, Professor of Law at uh, the William S. Richardson um, School of Law and grad- graduate chair at the Matsunanga Institute for Peace Institu- University in uh, of Hawaii at Manona. Uh, good morning. Uh, Philip Dykes, um, I'm not sure if you were listening before the news, but um, Regina referred to you several times, and she said Philip Dykes uses separation of power as a way to bash Beijing? No. <laughs> um, you sound as though you had a, a mini-seminar in the last uh, 30, 40 minutes having listened to those comments, but uh, I, I don't use the term separation of powers as um, a means to quote, bash Beijing. Well, to, to be uh, fair, she didn't use exactly those words, but she, she, she was saying that you, you do use it as a, a, basically as a weapon against the central government. Well, uh, exactly, the weapon and, that, that, I use it uh, as uh, a lawyer, uh, looking at the basic law, seeing how it's constructed, seeing the three uh, central functions of government, legislative, executive, and judicial, and uh, observing throughout the basic law the um, various checks and balances that are studied there throughout. And you then, you then say, yes, the scripture, yes, there's a system with a separation of powers. There's nothing... Nothing. I'm not weaponizing the the, the, uh, the term. It's she, a legal, accurate description. She uh, recognized as uh, as surprised to hear by as you say, Chen Chi Wah twenty odd years ago. <laughs> so nothing's changed as far as uh, the, the, the legal analysis is concerned. Uh, but I, I can see that it's now a, a very sensitive topic for some people in Hong Kong uh, that led Chief Executive to make what we thought was a remarkable statement to say there is no separation of powers. There clearly is. Regina have also said she'd written to the Chief Justice um, to express her dissatisfaction with the way court judgments um, uh, continually cite separation of powers. She said judges are not political scientists, and uh, she said that um, in many cases when separation of powers is uh, cited in court judgments, it's not necessary to, to, do, to decide the case, and it doesn't need to be mentioned at all. Well, judges write judgments, and they're fairly economical with what they put in them. And if they are constrained to refer to separation of powers to explain or decide a legal issue, they do so. It's, uh, and it may be an essential part of the judgment, uh, but may not be appreciated uh, by Virginia. Well, yes, you can uh, certainly write into the um, the judge, uh, sorry, chief justice, and the. Uh, suggest that judges um, mend their ways. You, you don't think there's anything wrong with that in executive... I mean, to be fair, until she'd come on the programme, she'd, she'd never actually revealed before that she'd written to the Chief Justice about this, but you don't think there's anything wrong with an executive councillor essentially trying to put pressure on judges over this issue? Uh, it depends upon the terms of the letter. Judiciary no longer live in an ivory tower. They are accountable ultimately to the public. And complaints are made about judges, but it would have to be, you have to see the terms of the, uh, the letter. They shouldn't be military in any way or threatening, um, but uh, she, she wants to get it off her chest. Well, she's free to do so. Um, Professor Carol Peterson, uh, good morning, or I guess it's good afternoon where you are. 
what do you what do you make? I don't know if you were listening to Regina, but what what what, what do you make of um, uh, the the debate over separation of powers this week? And if you were listening to Regina, her, her rather strong cock, she clearly feels very strongly on this subject. Uh, yes, I listened to the first half of the show. I also listened to her comments a few weeks ago when you um, had her talking about academic freedom. Um, it's extraordinary, actually. I've, I've read parts of what she wrote in 2016, and I think the real error in Regina if reasoning is that she's continually going back to the colonial era. And it is true that pre-1997 Hong Kong, had more power concentrated in the executive. There was an independent judiciary, but because we didn't have the basic law at that time, there weren't as many provisions to enforce against the government. The royal instructions in the letters patent were much shorter documents. What I think Regina doesn't realize is that the joint declaration doesn't promise no change from the colonial area for 50 years. What it says is there will be no change for 50 years to the basic policy stated in the joint declaration, which shall be stipulated in the basic law. So there, there is a change from the colonial era, and it's the basic law. And the basic law actually creates a stronger separation of powers, much stronger than exists even in the UK, because she is correct that in the UK, although there is a very independent judiciary, the executive branch is far more merged with Parliament because the government is formed from Parliament. But Hong Kong doesn't have a parliamentary system. Hong Kong's system is closer on the continuum to a presidential system. And as many scholars, Yash Gai, many other scholars have pointed out, the basic law creates a very clear separation of powers. And I'm surprised at how many government officials will say in the same breath, Hong Kong has checks and balances and separate functions to separate branches of government, but no separation of powers. That is what separation of powers is. And I thought you did a very good job of questioning Regina Ip, and you kind of pushed her into a corner where she finally said, well, that's not separation of powers in its pure academic sense. But as you pointed out, probably no system in the world is has perfect separation of powers in its pure academic sense. And you wouldn't actually want it to because the checks and balances actually serve as a way for the three branches to check each other's powers. So I think it's important to go back and ask ourselves, what's the purpose of separation of powers? What's the purpose of judicial review and an independent judiciary? What's the purpose of having these checks and balances? It's because Montesquieu, who was the original creator of this idea, recognized that if you concentrate too much power in one person or one institution, that will lead to abuse of power. It can lead to corruption and all sorts of other evil things that we want to avoid, all sorts of things that the Hong Kong people were worried about if they became part of the People's Republic of China. And therefore, Deng Xiaoping promised in the Joint Declaration and the Basic Law that Hong Kong would have locally checks and balances. It has nothing to do really with the relationship between Hong Kong and Beijing, and that's why I'm surprised, very surprised to hear what Regina has said about Philip Dyke's use of this concept. Because really, separation of powers is in Hong Kong is about enforcing our constitutional instruments and making sure that no branch is above the law, including the chief executive.
I, I guess the I guess the point there would be, and uh, it was interesting that Regina actually didn't talk about the executive. I hardly touched on it in the first part of the program this morning. Whereas, I think for many commentators, that has been a central uh, kind of theme. But isn't the idea is that it's misleading to talk about separation of powers and give the impression that power is somehow shared and divvied out and checked and balanced within Hong Kong, whereas really we should think of it all as emanating from from the from the cpg or the mpc or whatever through the through the chief executive that is the source of power that is the only source of power uh, of real power in hong kong well and that's why that's why it's misleading to talk about the separation of powers see i i don't think so i mean for example one of the points that the chief executive made in her comments was the fact that the chief executive appoints judges well, that's true, but she appoints them on the recommendation of the Judicial Officers' Recommendation Commission. That is governed by an ordinance, CAP 92. There's a procedure that has to be followed. And once judges are appointed, they have judicial tenure. They can't simply be removed at the whim of Carrie Lam. So it isn't true that all the power rests with the chief executive. The chief executive has certain powers, has certain roles to play. The legislature has certain powers. And the judicial branch has certain powers. And to a large extent, I mean, it's, it's almost like a circle where each side, each part of the circle having a role to play in making sure that no one branch exceeds its powers. And you mentioned that Regina Ip what didn't seem so concerned about the executive today, but she did mention, if I heard her correctly, talk about how she's very unhappy with the extent of judicial review. Yes, she, she talks about I possibly think, possibly looking at ways to um, to impose some restrictions on it. Henry Lytton has said the similar things in recent days. Right. And I think that this is a prime example of people realizing after many years that now we have a much more detailed constitutional instrument than Hong Kong had in the pre, you know, in the colonial era before 1997. There are more grounds for judicial review. Even Regina If admits that, yes, it, one of the grounds for judicial review is, are you acting unlawfully? If a government proposal or a government action violates the provision in the basic law, then that provides grounds for judicial review. They may not like it, and it may be that this attack on the concept of separation of powers is actually an indication of some campaign that's coming to curb the powers of the judiciary. I don't know. I hope not. When I first heard all of this controversy about the phrase separation of powers, at first I thought, well, maybe it's just a question of semantics. They, they don't understand that separation of powers does, is, includes, you know, includes the concept of checks and balances, et cetera. But the more I listen to them, I think that actually there is more to this than just semantics. Mm -hmm. I think that we should be prepared for the fact that Beijing may be trying to find a way to curb the judiciary's powers and to reduce the opportunities for judicial review. I'm not sure, but I am worried about that, because otherwise I would not understand why all of a sudden we would have this barrage of comments about, about the separation of powers, even though, as you pointed out, it directly contradicts statements made by Chang shi and all sorts of other important people earlier in the Hong Kong SAR's history. Oh, so, so judicial reviews at the moment, you can, there, there, are, there are sort of procedural ones 
which are to do with sort of administration. Is this is this right? Well, can you it? can you can judicially review executive actions, um, but you can also, of course, um, you uh, challenge the constitution. Well, is that, you, you can challenge the constitution. And there's some controversy about the constitution. Well, they, they can't. Uh, there's controversy about constitutionality of legislation. But what Regina appeared to be talking about was that um, review of executive actions is too wide. And to be fair, I mean, I think that's what she was referring yeah. to. Um, to be fair, I mean, Philip Dykes, um, and yeah. do, do you share the same? Because, and to, to be fair, as I, I put to Regina, it, in the UK, Boris Johnson's government is talking about possible legislation to re restrict some aspects of judicial review. It is yes, not only in Hong Kong that this is discussed. He was canvassed about 10 or 15 years ago when another government is unhappy with uh, a series of decisions by the courts, but nothing came of it. And I doubt whether. Um, Parliament would uh, finally uh, say, well, we're quite content to legislate, make legislation with no judicial review clauses. OK, but the point is that means it's not quite so outlandish to talk about these things in the Hong Kong context. There are other no, uh, democracies it, it, talking about it. It is about, in so. the Hong Kong context because, unlike the United Kingdom, we have a written constitution. We're guaranteed independent uh, judicial power free from interference. And people are guaranteed access to the courts. And, you know, if, you're, if um, uh, your complaint is an unlawfulness and an executive action and your only redress will be judicial review and you have a, a new a law coming in saying no judicial review, that could be inconsistent with the basic law. Well, that, that, I, I think we... attempted to, to put off... We, we, could, we, we could find examples of uh, other countries with a written constitution where there is also debates about limiting the scope of judicial review. I, yeah, yeah, I, it's, not, it's not just confined to Britain. It goes on so, from time to time, yeah. So why can't we debate, debate the issue in Hong Kong as well, just like... Um, well, I, 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 all full debate, but I think we find that analysis, naked, no judicial review clauses, uh, we run into trouble with the, the, the basic law. Certainly, you'll be probably one of the council who'd be challenging them, I would imagine, in the courts. So, um, so you, 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 uh, how serious, I mean, how, how, how Carol Peterson said she was concerned that possibly this debate over separation of powers is a precursor to trying to restrict the power of the courts. How much uh, does that concern you? It would concern me if this is uh, a preliminary skirmish and there's something um, more than follow, follow. Um, because the it's no good having an independent judiciary if they're limited from their, what they can do in respect of government action. Um, can I can I just go back to Carol Peterson? I kind of make the same point again, but I mean, you used like the image of a circle to talk about the sort of balance of, of forces uh, and so on. I think people would say that's completely misleading. Uh, for a start, it's not it's not even on all sides. The executive uh, is dominant uh, in Hong Kong. The executive has more powers, not not unlimited, but overall has much more powers than than other branches. And the judiciary is independent in a way that the that the uh, that the legislature isn't and, and so on it's not it's nothing like the sort of symmetry of a circle and also as i said the, the that suggests a sort of that it's enclosed and it's self-sufficient uh, it's not this is all the transcendent power belongs to to beijing and we've just got to get used to this we've got to, the sooner we can get our heads around this um the better for everyone well, carol Pitson? i have two responses to that First of all, um, I didn't say the branches were co-equal, and I'm not sure that I would say the branches are co-equal in the United States either. Um, the truth is that under the 
great increase in administrative. I, I know. I'm just taking that from the image of a circle that you used. I mean, yeah, but a circle doesn't sure, have to be divided into have, equal you parts. You have a circle. Yeah. Right. My point. The reason I use the image of a circle is that they each have checks and balances on the other. Right. It's not. It's not a hierarchy, and I think that is what the chief executive now is trying to create. This idea that, well, because I appoint judges, I'm on top of the judiciary. And I think every judge in Hong Kong would smile at that because, in fact, it is the judges of Hong Kong who have the power to tell the government at times that it's acting unlawfully or that it hasn't followed proper procedures. So that's what I mean about a circle. All of the three branches have some role to play in monitoring and checking the powers of the others. Um, and really, it's the judiciary, in my opinion, that has probably got more checks <laughs> in that sense. They have more power to check than the chief executive has. But, of course, the chief executive has more power to initiate policy, right? The judiciary doesn't initiate policies. They don't make laws. But they are there to be a check on the executive and, in some cases, the legislative council, because if the legislature passes laws that violate the basic law or violate the ICCPR, the judiciary is there to check that. So I'm not sure that you can really say that one is more powerful than the other. They have different types of powers. Um, and that's what I mean when I say a circle, that they all have a way of monitoring each other. And they have different roles to play. But I would just go back to the idea that this is not a hierarchy. And I think you are absolutely right, though, that the reason it's become so controversial is that ever since the issuance of Beijing's white paper on Hong Kong in the spring of 2014, Beijing has been trying to undermine the idea that Hong Kong has separation of powers or that Beijing has any limits. There are any limits on what Beijing can do to or with Hong Kong. If Beijing follows its promises in the joint declaration, Beijing, there are limits on what Beijing can do. But Beijing is trying to make you forget that. Right. And that's why they came out with the white paper. That's why they're trying to undermine the idea of separation of powers. That's why they're trying to put Carrie Lam up on some sort of pedestal above every other branch within the Hong Kong system because they want to assert more power over Hong Kong. And are you worried that um, judges will actually hear that message and that we get, we are, we're going to have a new chief justice in the, uh, very shortly and that um, judges will become more cautious in exercising those checks? Some, bit, some people would say they see that in some of the more constitutional judgments in recent years already. I hate to speculate on that. I, I do have a lot of confidence in Hong Kong judges, and I would, I would not want to speculate on what they might do, but I could certainly understand why people might be worried about that, because if one is a Hong Kong judge and one is thinking about writing a judgment that might upset the local government or Beijing, one might be worried that there's going to be another attack on the independence of the judiciary. But... In my opinion, Hong Kong judges are still very independent and deserve a lot of credit for maintaining their independence. Okay, so just comments to finish off. Martin says, Regina refers to an explosion of JRs. Uh, Regina cherry-picking again. Surely it's the 9,000 arrests going through the courts that's clogging the system. They've generated a number of JRs. Citizens resort to JRs when they're faced with an intractable system and a government that does not recognise the concept of accountability. Uh, Andrew Kay says, I think the discussion on taxis versus Uber is more meaningful discussion for back chat. Let the armchair lawyers go back to bed. 
And Andrew F says, schools may have been closed for quite some time, but that seems that's not stopped Mr Gittings doing his homework. Regina may have conveniently forgotten her own dissertation, but it seems Danny hasn't. I wouldn't want to owe him money. If anyone wants to see it, there's still one copy in Hong Kong U Library. <laughs> uh, Carol Peterson, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Professor Peterson from the uh, University of uh, Hawaii. Philip Dykes, chairman of the Hong Kong Bar Association. And Danny, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Back at 8.30 tomorrow on uh, Monday, sunny periods and isolated showers forecast for today with some thunderstorms and low visibility. Very hot again. Light winds, the outlook hot with sunny intervals during the weekend and early next week and a few showers. The very hot weather warning in place now. 30 degrees, relative humidity at 83%. Water supplied by the Water Supplies Department is safe to drink, but water quality could be affected by a building's plumbing system. To ensure water safety, the water safety plan for buildings should be implemented so that plumbing systems are regularly inspected and maintained. Owners' organisations of eligible buildings can now apply for a government subsidy. Residents can then rest assured on drinking water safety in buildings. Visit the Water Supplies Department's website for details. 932, the news now with Ben Che. The head of infectious diseases at Hong Kong University's medical school says we need to complete a week of community-wide testing before we can draw real conclusions on the level of silent COVID-19 transmission in the community. Professor Ivan Hung was commenting on the results of the first 128,000 samples, which identified just two new cases. The U.S. presidential challenger Joe Biden says he's spoken by phone to Jacob Blake, the unarmed black man whose shooting by police sparked days of unrest in Wisconsin. Mr. Blake told the Democrat candidate he wouldn't give up, regardless of whether he was able, ever able to walk again. And Facebook has announced a series of measures aimed at reducing misinformation and interference in the U.S. presidential vote. New political adverts will be blocked in the week before the election, and posts trying to dissuade people from casting their ballots will be removed. The social media platform will also label any attempts by candidates to declare victory before the final results are in. I'll have more news at 10. Talks to journals as the stories unfold. Musos and actors. Good morning. No matter young or that old. There's tons of stuff going on. Moves them through the studio. Oh, yes, yes. Before the coffee gets cold. Don't be stupid drinking. Because Phil Whelan likes to chat. Imagine helping people with just downloading an app and clicking something. I don't think the Communist Party wanted to do this. We have a nightclub on the roof. What if our country is run a different way? We welcome you to the morning brew. With a chef, he might be just kind of chewing the fat. He's really good at that. Because Phil Wheeler likes to chat. Good day, good morning and welcome to Friday. It's the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. And Friday's always a fun day. 10.10, we're off to Charleston, South Carolina for a quick chat with our mate Chef Wes Long while desperately trying to keep off the topic of politics because his neighbours have been urged to try and vote twice in the upcoming election. As you know, after 11 today, Danny Hicks, 